Good morning, crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T fam this morning. We've got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto, is joining us. Gonzo, also known as Super G, is in the building and a clear leader of the XRP army and who man who sparked the flame between ADA and XRP, Tony Edward, is in the building to address all the controversy going on today with Charles. So I'm really excited for this episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how Ripple CEO Brad Garlinghouse is claiming a resolution against the SEC could be only four months away, stating a settlement between the two parties is not out of the question. Solana blockchain was hacked for over $100 million last night as the Federal Reserve is under fire. After being anti-crypto for so long, they are now indirectly custodying cryptocurrency. A lawsuit has been filed to expose this misdirection. Google has partnered with Coinbase to bring Web3 to the iCloud, as Swift is reaching a pivotal point for this messaging system. Blockchain companies are beginning to surround this industry. We show our listeners a video of Swift CEO stating that November is the time for a blockchain revolution. ADA founder Charles Hodgkins was disgusted by the XRP community. We ask our special guest about the unanticipated reaction from both communities. With the global financial reform already underway, we prepare our listeners for the bull run of a lifetime. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, we're saving best for last this morning. And I'm actually going to start off with you, my friend, before we go to Tony. What's on your mind? Thank you for being here. And how you feeling? <clears throat> well, first of all, Abs, just remind me, if I ever go on Tony's show, to never talk about Ripple, okay? <laughs> but first of all, let me just say to all the, the – all, let's start this off like we always do. Good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there today. Love you guys. Appreciate you for always showing up every day. Uh, love you guys. So, and also great to see our brother Gonzo there. Happy to see you. And Tony, so excited to have you on board. Couldn't be a better time. Can't wait to hop into it. Not only did you get Charles in trouble, you got me in trouble too. And I'll address that later in the show. Gonzo, they call you the Ethereum expert, but today we're focused on ADA and XRP. I'm always excited to see you, my friend. What's on your mind? Uh, good morning, Abs. Good morning, everybody. You know, I'm, I'm super excited to be here. I'm feeling really blessed. Um, I was talking to Shelly about this the other day, just how far we've come. And just the opportunities that we've had, like, you know, meeting Tony, people like Mark Yusko, BitBoy, Waters Above, uh, Crypto Erie, Jenna, like all these different influencers that we have to show. We've got some big surprises coming up in the future of other guests, but just feeling truly, truly blessed. And, you know, thank you all for being here and watching the show. Love you guys. It's an exciting time to be alive, and it's exciting time to be in this industry. We got the man, the myth, the legend. Tony Edwards is joining us this morning. Tony, we're not going to make you address the ADA news yet. First, I want to hear what's on your mind and how you feeling, my friend. Uh, it's a great morning. It's great to be here. Thank you guys for having me. I'm here to get Johnny in more trouble, so let's do it. Awesome. That's the best way we could start this show off. So we're going to start it off the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. You get access to every single member of our team. So go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. The Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index is the same place it's been for the last two months, sitting at a 20 in extreme fear. So we're going to move right on past that and get into the total coin market cap. We've got the total coin market cap sitting at $920 billion this morning. Bitcoin is 40% dominance. Ethereum is about 17%. Got Bitcoin sitting at 19,100, Ethereum 1300, XRP is 48 cents, Cardano is below 40 cents this morning, sitting at 39, worth addressing later in the show. Stellar is 11 cents, and Quant has continued to move despite this bear market. We are sitting at $155. Tony, we're going right back to you. What are some of the projects that you've been watching during this bear market? And we had a very prominent guest, Mark Yusko, say that the bottom of this market came in in June. Do you believe that to be the case? Um, so, you know, as far as the bottom of the market, I, I think we are in, we're close to it. Um, and it's time will tell, you know, it's really hard to call that. And I know Mark, you know, put himself out there on a limb saying he, you know, it's the bottom, but, um, in no one can, can accurately predict that. Like no one can predict the top. So I would say we're close. We may have, or we may not, you know, there's macroeconomic factors, where things going on with the Fed, interest rates, and so forth, that could drive the price further down. And we're just seeing a series of hacks and, and just different things happening in the crypto market. And I feel those could be black swan events that drive the price down. But I think we're close. Um, as far as projects that I'm looking at, I've been paying a lot, a lot of attention to Chainlink. They just had their conference. 
and they've announced a lot of partnerships and uh, building of new technology and services. So I'm really excited about that project. Also, HBAR, Hedera Hashgraph has been something I've been keeping an eye on too. Yes, thank you, Tony. And HBAR was actually moving this morning. One of my friends texted me. He said, wake up, HBAR's pumping. I went to check the price. <laughs> we are sitting at six cents. I texted him back. I said, what the heck are you talking about? But Johnny Crypto, I'd love to go to you next because one of the price charts I am a little bit optimistic on is XRP. We created a clear bottom structure throughout the summer, and now we're getting some optimistic price action. We're going to talk about why that's taking place in just a couple of minutes. But what are you watching, Rado? Well, you know, I, I'm... <laughs> Tony might have single-handedly been the man to take down Cardano because <laughs> Cardano was, I'm watching Cardano. It was sitting at this 44 floor and it was so strong and it couldn't bust through 44. <laughs> but Tony, you found a way. I'm going to be buying it for cheaper. So thanks, Tony. I appreciate it. <laughs> awesome. Gonzo, I'd love to hear from you last. What are some of the projects you're watching this morning? We got Quant continuing to move throughout the bear market, sitting at $155. And a couple of chart analysis say there's very low resistance between 160 and 190 on that price chart. But what are some of the things that you're watching this morning, Gonzo? Um, it, it's funny that uh, Tony says a link because, uh, you know, I got some link. It got down to $7.10. And so I've been usually buying it at either like the high $6 or like the $7. So I got some link. Um, it's funny, my non-crypto buddy that I always help out, he's really into Cardano, right? Cause it's the only pretty much the crypto that he studied and then some Gala. So he calls me up the other or yesterday and he's like, what's going on? It's, it's crashing. And I was like, bro, like, seriously, like I told you this could happen. Like you got to take the training wheels off, bro. You got to start just making decisions for yourself. And it was so funny because it just shows how much he's like grown or he's learned. Right. He went from panic. He called me like an hour later. He's like, Hey, uh, cause he's got money. He's like, I put a thousand dollars in the Cardano. I was like, cool. You know, you got it at 39 cents. Keep DCAing. If it goes down lower, you and can put in more or just hold it. Make sure you tell him to thank Tony for that low average price. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Don't nice. put that on Tony, Johnny. You can't give him all that heat right now. We got 171 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're about to get this show started by showing you a video stating that the federal reserve is getting bullish on crypto, but that could be a red flag for them. We're going to dive into this clip and then get the show started. Here we go. Because it was a major announcement this morning, which is that Bank of New York Mellon, which is, I believe, the largest bank in the United States by assets, has officially now entered Bitcoin custody. And the interesting question that is raised by that is that they are a bank holding company that is regulated by the, supervised by the Federal Reserve. My company, as you know, has a lawsuit against the Federal Reserve, and I am about to make some news. You will see a filing from my company in that lawsuit pertaining to the announcement this morning because the Federal Reserve filed filings last week talking about the risk to the financial system from crypto. And then today, a Federal Reserve supervised bank holding company enters crypto. Boom. A classic misdirection. We always talk about this. Don't do as they say, do as they do. Tony, you had some great comments. I want to give you the floor. Yeah. First, the BNY Mellon, super bullish for crypto. I think it's a landmark event. The America's oldest bank and the largest custodial bank is now offering crypto custody. Uh, it's amazing how far we've come. When I first got into the market in 2016, I couldn't imagine that. So as you can imagine, uh, you're going to have game theory play out here where the other banks are going to follow suit. All the banks are going to offer crypto trading and custody services. The other aspect to this, what Caitlin was saying, is essentially the incumbents are fighting. They're fighting these crypto startups. And Caitlin's been trying to launch her crypto bank out in Wyoming. They roadblock her. And then the Fed, you know, they're putting out all these narratives. Oh, this crypto is bad for the financial system. You know, we have to be careful. It could be, uh, it could damage our economy and all that. All of a sudden, behind the scenes, they green light BNY Mellon. It's okay. BlackRock, BNY Mellon, you guys are good to go. Crypto startups, the ripples of the world, Caitlin, your bank ain't happening, right? And I tweeted about it yesterday where I said, these the banking cartel, they're not going to allow these crypto startups to front run them. And I think part of why the SEC has been acting so aggressive, they're a, you know, a dog on a leash here and, and they're going to try to slow down crypto as much as possible. Johnny, I'd love to get some comments from you. BNY Mellon entering cryptocurrency, but indirectly involving the Federal Reserve. That was news to me this morning that they're actually an indirect holder for BNY Mellon. What's it mean to you, Roto? And then we're going to get into some exciting news because Swift is also upgrading in November. 
if it smells like a fish and it flops like a fish, there's probably something fishy going on, just like Tony said. You know, at the end of the day, it's not what you know. It's who you know. Hey, shout out to our man, James Rule XRP, brother. How you doing? Love that man. Um, you know, so there's just obviously, you know, I, okay, I'm not going to tell you who it is, but there was a famous CEO who came out and said in 2017, if anybody buys crypto, anybody in my company buys crypto, I'm firing them right now on the spot. And guess what? <laughs> they were filing patents on crypto at the same time. I mean, it's just like, it's so funny. You, We've been saying this all the time on this show. You do the opposite of what they say and you do what they do because they got you looking over here and they're doing something over there. And that's why we're all excited because we're here so early, guys. We're so early into crypto. It feels late, but it's a beautiful thing. Gonzo, I'd love to get some comments from you. We're talking about BNY Mellon entering crypto, but the biggest news for today is that Brad Garlinghouse said a resolution in the SEC lawsuit could only be four months away. So I'd like to get some brief comments on this BNY Mellon news. Then we're going to get into some Ripple XRP stuff. Yeah, you know, it's the adoption that we look for, we've been looking for. Um, it's cool because, you know, Coach JV has been talking about this for like, what, two years, right? That, you know, banks were going to start custodying our crypto. And then it's like, you listen to all the things that, that, that he says and, and that we've been talking about, and then you see them come to fruition. It's kind of cool, right? You, you get that vindication. But, uh, but yeah, did we think that the legacy financial system was just going to roll over and let these guys get ahead of them? Absolutely not, right? And it's all tied in with the Fed and everything that's going on. All right, Tony, this is the moment everyone's been waiting for. We're about to play that clip that got all the controversy <laughs> in the world stirred up on Twitter. This is Charles actually addressing and, and shouting you out, Tony, talking about the interview. We're going to go right to you after this clip, so I'm going to let this play and get some comments. Here we go. Uh, so it came as a tremendous surprise, the incredible wave of criticism I received for a single comment, which was taken out of context from an interview. I was in an interview called Thinking Crypto at my ranch and casually asked a question what I thought about a belief that the entirety of the Securities Exchange Commission is engaged in a financial conspiracy with Joe Lubin and the Ethereum group to solely single out and go after Ripple. Switch gears and talk. So we can play the remainder of that clip right after Tony, but I want to stop in there and let you address his comments. He talked about a conspiracy, but we actually showed our listeners hard evidence on the show yesterday about this. Not only the Ethereum Alliance being involved in crypto regulation, but the fact that there were sitting SEC officials who retired from Ethereum Alliance and then went back to them after they were done at the SEC. What what what's on your mind when you watch Charles' response? You know, I think Charles is in a different position than many of us being, you know, someone who started a project and he's dealing with regulators. So to a certain degree, he can't say certain things as much as he may want to. And, I, and I'm not trying to say that he's lying or whatever it is, but he probably has to be a bit politically correct in a way, right? Because he's going to D.C. He can't throw the SEC under the bus. And while he may feel a certain way about it, I, I believe he has a right to his opinion. And that's OK, because. I think the facts will play out and it will come out, right? We, we are seeing that um, uh, and, and details being uncovered with the SEC, the ethics folks warning uh, Bill Hinman and so forth. And it's coming from a nonprofit whistleblower organization. So I think the facts will come to light and maybe Charles will change his opinion at that point. Um, uh, but I, I can understand, once again, from his purview with all he has going on and he's maybe catching bits and pieces here and there that... This is his opinion, and that's okay. We have to respect that. And like I said, if if we believe what we believe and, and we see the details coming out from the SEC and whistleblowers and so forth, the facts will will tell the story. And I do not agree with his – I do agree with his initial take, but I disagree with his response. He's been very, very emotional about the reaction from the XRP army, and one of the things I think he should have done is just doubled down on his original point. The SEC and CFTC are inequipped to regulate this market, and that's why there's so many misunderstandings around the Ripple lawsuit – Although I don't believe that, that's what I believe he should have doubled down on. Johnny Crypto, me and you had a great debate yesterday. I'd love to give you the floor again. There is corruption here. It's not a conspiracy, but there will be no action taken. Does that mean we should ignore it? Mute button, Andrew Cashflow. 
You know, I got a lot. I got into a lot of trouble for answering this yesterday. But before I hop into it, the first question is, Tony, do you think you're going to get an invite to Charles's ranch? That's what I want. That's what I want. Tony, what I would recommend is bring security and watch him drink. That's what I would say. That ranch. It's not Tony's fault, man. He just asked the question. He didn't tell him how to answer it. It's all love. I'm only kidding. Go ahead, Johnny. Address the, address the folks. So, so Tony, I said exactly what you said yesterday. I said I feel that that Charles has the right to his opinion. I think you're spot on. Charles is in a very different position than than us here. We can say whatever we want. Charles says something wrong. His ass is going to be <laughs> fined by the SEC or pulled in the court. So I think he has to be very careful. But the thing I said yesterday was I really don't care about this whole thing. I don't care. All I care about is the solution. And I kind of got I got kind of got rid for it. And I should have prefaced that by saying. The reason why I don't care about them not going after Hinman and this whole thing is because I do care. I want to see justice happen. But every time you want to see it, it never happens. And to sit here and to focus and to harp on it and to do all the research and talk about it over and over and over again, and nothing ever happens. I'd rather put my time in a better place. I'd rather focus my time and effort rather than going through all these emails and digging up this and that, which you're never going to see the emails anyway. I'd rather focus on what's the next best investment to be looking at to put our family, our friends, and all our gen- all our, our warriors here, our warrior maniacs, in a position to benefit off of the coming boom that's going to come in crypto. So, you know, yes, of course I want to see justice happen. Who doesn't? But until it happens, I'm not going to sit here and be mad that it's not happening. No, I'm going to be pissed inside, but I'm going to focus on putting my efforts in something I can control. So hopefully that clarifies for all you guys. I want to see justice happen, but you know, until it does, focus on things you can control. Tony, I would love to play the end of this clip for our listeners, but I do want to remind people that your original question had nothing to do with the conspiracy, and that's why I thought it was interesting that he brought up the conspiracy thing in the first place. Gonzo, I'd love to hear some thoughts before we play the end of this video. This reaction is very unprecedented. What's it mean to you? Um, you know, the way I look at it is, does it change my investment thesis, right? And, and like what Johnny was saying, Tony say, it's absolutely correct, right? But me personally, does it change my investment thesis in Ethereum? No. Does it change my investment the- theory thesis into XRP or Cardano? No, absolutely not, right? And, and, I'm, and I'm a big proponent of Ethereum. And I do believe that there were some shady things that happened between Bill Inman and the Ethereum license, uh, Alliance. I don't believe that it was the whole development team of Ethereum. I think it's Bill Inman and Ethereum Alliance and what they were promoting, right? But everyone has allowed their opinions and, and what makes me sad is the tribalism, right? Is the toxicity because really it should be all of us together, regardless of what blockchain you believe in, fighting against the SEC, right? Um, and, and that's what we should look at. We should be, we should be uh, allowed to disagree, right? We should be able to have a, a conversation and have different opinions and still be okay like we do. We agree on some things, we agree on other things or and sometimes we don't agree but we're still family right we still love each other we still come back to like we're a team right and so it should be that way but yeah it doesn't change my investment thesis awesome you know, thank you gonzo hey 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 just one thing to throw in here you know like people you know accusing charles of hiding stuff in this and that guys take off your 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 helmet and put on your di- put it just for one minute i want you to pretend you're charles and you're developing a blockchain in an industry that's unregulated, and the SEC is coming after people left and right, and then see how you would react. Just think about that. It's so easy to criticize people from where we're sitting, but put yourself in Charles's shoes right now. Pretend you're him, and tell me you'd really go out and go after it. Come on. Come on. I don't believe I do want to remind our listeners that ADA had their ICO in Japan for this exact reason, right? And Tony, I'm, I definitely guarantee that you're aware of that. Maybe you can speak a little bit to that. Why would Charles even have a fearful mindset and be watching his words so closely if the SEC doesn't even have the jurisdiction to go after ADA because they ICO'd in Japan? Well, we're noticing that Gary Genser is and the SEC, they're trying to find all angles exactly. that they can. And I think he's they're kind of a bit desperate because they know, I, th- I think they know they're going to take a, a loss in the ripple lawsuit. Um, so they're going after the low hanging fruit. They're looking at any Avenue that they can uh, do a workaround. Maybe it's suing exchange representatives. Maybe it's something Cardano did. You know, they're going to ask them to come in show us everything, try to find a loophole. Right. So I think uh, also, even though the ICO took place overseas, the SEC, as you saw with, you know, talking about the Ian Bellino lawsuit, they have jurisdiction over all the transactions they're saying. So if they're saying that for Ethereum, I think they can say that for Cardano as well and, and other cryptos. 
Um, but just going back to the Charles situation, uh, I, I definitely echo Gonzo's statements that we're on the same side here. It's us versus the SEC at this point and, and the lack of regulatory clarity. So even though we may have differ, differing opinions, we do have to be cordial. We have to respect each other. And uh, like I said, let the facts uh, come out and let them show show what the story is, it, it, regardless of whose opinion, if they're on your side or not. That's okay. We're seeing the facts roll out, and I think we're going to see more. And and the great thing I've been seeing is that there's more folks in the industry that are rallying behind Ripple, uh, more amicus briefs coming out. I'm aware of one that's coming from another advocacy group. I can't give the name, but uh, there's more coming. So I think this will all play out, and we just got to give it time. And I do want to remind our listeners of one quick thing about this SEC lawsuit that's taking place today. Before this lawsuit was filed back in December of 2020, William Hinman left the SEC on December 4th. It was on December 7th that Hinman had a meeting with Ripple and the SEC, which I'm sure was discussing either crypto or crypto regulation. On December 9th, 2020, Jay Clayton had lunch with Bill Hinman just after he met with Ripple and the SEC. And only four days later... SEC filed a lawsuit against Ripple claiming that they were selling unregistered securities. No conspiracy here. Hard evidence. Tony, we're going to play the remainder of your clip, but do you have any comments on this schedule release? Well, I think it further uh, emphasizes what we've been seeing, where there's smoke, there's fire. And I think the, the big smoking gun item for me was that the SEC ethics warned Bill Hinman of these conflicts. And that was when I was like, okay, okay, now I, I see what's going on. Um, and while they're, you know, hiding, redacting uh, emails and all kinds of stuff, uh, they're clearly trying to cover up something here. Um, to what extent, I don't know. But clearly, like I said, there's where there's smoke, there's fire. Exactly. And we got 245 live listeners. It is us against the SEC. Smash that like button. We're going to continue bringing you the most relevant and impactful crypto related topics. And of course, we're going right back to this Tony interview with Charles. We're going to show you the clip that actually stirred up all this turbulence on Twitter. And then we'll close this segment out. Here we go. Ripple. Switch gears and talk a bit about the crypto market at large. Um, uh, folks wanted me to ask you, you know, what, what do you think about what's happening with the SEC and all they're doing with crypto regulations? A lot of people not happy with Gary Genser, the recent Kim Kardashian PR stunt, as well as um, uh, the SEC Ripple lawsuit and uh, the judge's, you know, takes on what's been happening there as it relates to Ethereum and, uh, you know, the amicus briefs and things like that. Yeah. Well, there's some people in the excerpt. Just before he gives his response, I want to point out you said nothing about a conspiracy there, and that's what our live chat is pointing out. He didn't need to take it that route, but he decided to, so now he's dealing with the consequences. Sorry, Tony, I'm going to let this play. Mm -hmm. ...community that are trying to invent this grand conspiracy that there was blatant corruption between the insiders at the SEC and Ethereum. And, you know, I, I don't honestly think uh, that that's the issue here. Uh, so it came as a tremendous surprise... So, Tony, I'd love to give you a chance to just close out this segment. I wanted to play that clip to show that you didn't ask him about a conspiracy or anything like that. You asked about the broader markets. I'd love to give you a chance to just address this, close it out. What do you have to say to Charles here? Well, I think, uh, like I said before, Charles has a right to his opinion, and he's in a very different uh, lane than we are, just as a builder and someone who's working with regulators. Um, and he probably has been seeing the news or seeing the tweets of, the ETH gate and so forth. And maybe he's not immersed in it as we are. So he's getting bits and pieces and he formed his opinion. So uh, I think as the facts keep coming out, I, I, I think people should give Charles some space and time, let him digest things. And maybe he'll change his opinion as more facts come out. Class act, Tony, class act. Maybe Johnny Crypto won't say it, but I will say, and we got 257 live listeners. That's going to close out our ADA segment for today because we've got some even more exciting news for the Ripple and XRP project. As Brad Garlinghouse has stated, he thinks this case could be concluded in three to four months. This is pretty exciting stuff. So Ripple CEO Brad Garlinghouse says the long drawn out battle between Ripple and the SEC is nearing a conclusion, but it may take several months. On October 11th, Brad Garlinghouse told panelists at the DC FinTech Week conference that he expects the case to go against his firm to come to a conclusion in the first half of 2023. I want to remind our listeners, this was this case was filed in December of 2020, claiming that XRP was an unregistered security. He also said that federal judges tend to work at their own pace, so optimistically he's planning for a three- to four-month resolution, but pessimistically it could take longer than that. 
He also went on to state that the SEC director, William Hinman's 2018 speech about Ethereum not being a security applied to Ripple XRP. And they actually asked the judge to include this in the lawsuit over six times. Well, we got some good news as Ripple's lawyers have now gotten those claims and they are going to be presenting that information within the actual lawsuit. Fintech boss said that Ripple would also consider a settlement if XRP was considered to be not a security. So Tony, before we hear from the rest of the group, I'd love to hear some thoughts from you. Three to four months away before the settlement, what does that mean? I think that's a realistic timeline, given uh, we had this the summary judgment uh, statements put forth. We have a ton of amicus briefs coming in, and the judges are not putting up with the SEC's BS anymore. They are saying, hand it over, and the two judges agree, Judge Sarah Netburn and Judge Torres. So I think the SEC is not in a good position here. And, uh, you know, I've been looking at the charts, and potentially if we have some sort of rally in 2023, Maybe the timing of of uh, whether it be settlement or whatever it may be, um, and this thing wrapping up could time with the market having a rally next year. We'll see, but uh, looking good, Johnny. We've always talked about how 2023 is the year of institutional adoption. I'm hoping that's going to include Ripple. Gonzo, I'd love to hear some thoughts from you. Sorry, I didn't mean to pass over you there. Ripple's coming out and making some very definitive statements. Whether it's Stuart Alderati, who's the lead Ripple for them, who's the lead lawyer for Ripple, or Brad Garlinghouse coming out and making these bold claims. What does it mean to you? Do you believe that we are actually getting close to a resolution on this lawsuit? We know that SEC take cases typically take 16 to 24 months. In December, that would be 24 months on this lawsuit, so it would fit up perfectly. What's it mean to you, Gonzo? Yeah, this thing is is due. Um, I, I think the fact that they kind of speak more freely about it maybe just goes to that, you know, they feel a lot more comfortable that they're going to win. Uh, and this is what we've been saying. We've kind of been predicting that probably the spring of 2023, Three, you never know with the SEC and government, they can drag these things out, like he said. I thought the most interesting part of this was is when he said that they were, they're willing to take a settlement if they say that, S, that XRP is not a security, right? So that means that they're open to a settlement. And so, um, you know, I don't know if that's kind of like waving a, a flag to the SEC, like, hey, come to the table, let's talk. Uh, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Johnny, what's it going to take for the SEC to admit that XRP is not classified as a security? They're saying they would be willing to settle if that claim was made. That's what the WHO lawsuit is about. So doesn't surprise me there. What's it mean to you, Brad? Well, no, that's not true. So what uh, one potential scenario that I think could happen is you could have it where they come out and they say when Ripple first operated it, they had come out and it was a security and they'll end up paying a fine for that. But they can also come out and say, but the way XRP, sorry, I shouldn't say Ripple, but the way XRP is being used today, it is not a security. And my guess is that's exactly, that's probably mm -hmm. the most likely scenario because it's a win-win for both sides. The SEC gets a win in the sense that they get to say, hey, the way you operated in the beginning, it was security and here's a fine you got to pay us. But the way you're operating now, it's, a it's, it's not a security, it's a commodity, whatever, and you can go ahead and operate on your own. And that to me... If, if Ripple gets offered that, they should just take it and run. Otherwise, the SEC could just drag this thing out in court for another year or two. And guess what? It just costs Ripple more money. SEC yeah. don't care. They ain't got no bill. You and I are funding that. That's an endless supply of money. So the reality is it's in Ripple's best interest to, to end this thing as soon as possible if they get the one thing they want, which is to just say that today it's not a security. We don't give a shit what it was in 2013. We'll pay the damn penalty and let's move forward. If I were a betting man, eh, I guess I kind of am. I would say that's probably where we're gonna where we're gonna land. But I'd love to see what you guys think. Thanks, and we're going right back to Tony because I have a quick question about Hoskinson claimed the SEC is going after Ripple due to a lack of clarity. We all agree on that point, so I'd love to give you a chance to just address that line there. Why do you think Charles didn't just double down on that sentiment and instead he did all this dancing and acting and claimed that he was upset by the XRP community? Boy, I, I'm honestly not sure. Um, and it could be, look, he's been traveling, doing different things, and people are firing off at him on Twitter. And uh, maybe he's just trying to wrap this thing up. I, you know, I'm not honestly sure why he took that stance. <laughs> yeah, neither am I. But it is interesting because I think the XRP army actually agrees with his main point that it's a lack of clarity. Sure, there is yeah. an Ethereum conspiracy, and anybody who watches the show knows that I've promoted that thing since day one. Oh, go ahead, John. <laughs> No, no, I was agreeing with you. You're, you're right. I mean, I think the XRP community did agree with him. And unfortunately, he alienated them now, which is really sad because Tony said it earlier. It's all of them or us versus the SEC. So you want Ripple. You want 
Cardano. You want all these guys working together, coming to one. They all want the same thing. It's all in their best interest to get an answer from the SEC on clarity. And it's just sad now that Charles is taking the bitter approach. Now he's alienating. He said they, 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 that he said to the XRP community, you turn an ally into an enemy. Charles, if you're listening, I hope after a deep breath, there are <laughs> a bunch of us out here that don't want to see that happen. I am part of XRP Army, and I don't want to see that happen. So I hope you guys could all come back together again. And you know what else? That comment gets you onto his rants, Johnny. I don't know right? if I'm going on his rant. <laughs> he knows I'm friends with Tony. I might not be able to go on his rants. <laughs> you know what else that settlement does, though? Right? It sets a precedent. And if yes. they wanted to kind of fix things of the past, it gives them an opening to approach yeah. Ethereum and say, look, we're going to do you like we just did with XRP. We're going to say that uh, Ethereum was a security when it came out, but it's no longer security. Pay your fine and let's move on. And the SEC could potentially save face and fix the past of what's happened, right? Uh, it kind of opens up that door, just kind of thinking outside the box. Exactly. And I do want to tease our listeners really quick because we're about to show you a connection between $2.3 quadrillion market and Ripple XRP. But before we dive into that, we're going to show you the smartest way to track your cryptocurrency. Johnny Crypto, you already know what it is. Merlin, the smartest way to track your crypto. Let that ad play, my friend. Have you gotten wrecked in the crypto market space or watched your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits? If so, you're not alone. And it's probably because you don't have an exit plan. The good news is that it doesn't need to happen anymore thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. First, it brings all your coins into one place from many exchanges and wallets so you can simply see all of your assets across one screen. Next, you can see your total portfolio value and more importantly, your daily gains, losses, and total since inception. Merlin puts the power back in your hands so you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. Most importantly, Merlin's smart algorithm lets you create an exit plan and sends you notifications when your targets are reached so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. So go to at Get Merlin Crypto on Twitter. That's at Get Merlin Crypto and sign up for our 30-day free trial to get whitelisted so you can receive an email when the product is launched this fall. Don't wait and miss out on this new and innovative app. Sign up today and get on our Merlin whitelist. It is the smartest way to track your crypto. Johnny, it speaks for itself. It is the smartest way to track your crypto. But when we talk about our XRP holders specifically, when this project moves, it moves quickly. And the number one way to execute in this market is by sticking with your original strategy. Merlin makes that one step easier. Any quick comments before we dive into the $2.3 quadrillion market, Johnny? Uh, no, I think you nailed it perfectly. At the end of the day, we're just trying to create a tool that helps people capitalize when these things, you know, start to pump. And so that's it. We will have some exciting announcements of some partners that we've joined with in Merlin over the next few weeks to months. So we'll be revealing those. So pay attention. I'll be going on some shows and talking about them and revealing them. So uh, stay alert. Hey, guys, if you're into the Johnny Crypto Media Tour, show us some love. Smash that like button. I'm excited, and I know that he is as well. Tony, we're coming to you for this next article because this is an insane connection when you talk about liquidity. We got DTC's group processing transactions using the blockchain, and they're actually using the integration from FIS to be their clearinghouse, which means they're going to use them to facilitate these trades. The total amount of transaction processed through this network is $2.3 quadrillion per year. Anybody who doesn't know, that's the number above a trillion. So FS, F, FIS integration with Ripple's blockchain-based solution shows that they are actually able to use Ripple and XRP as a settlement speed to increase settlement speed for their transactions. I'd love for you to address this connection. Obviously, there's not too much hard evidence here. You're talking about a connection between FIS and Ripple being connected to DCC. But when you say 2.3 quadrillion, that gets the community excited. What's it mean to you, Tony? Uh, I think Ripple's at every meeting, uh, well, I should say at every table with their solutions with these financial institutions, because they have uh, a disruptive solution that is going to be, I, I think, uh, you know, kind of the blueprint for how the economy and, and the financial markets are going to run in the future uh, with atomic settlements, 24-7 trading, um, uh, and, and even more globally global economy, I should say, uh, while that we can argue that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's the direction we're headed to. And I think Ripple has the solution. So whether some of these companies decide to work with them or not, um, it's the future. And, and I think Ripple's well positioned um, to, to bring their solutions. Gonzo, I love how when Kevin O'Leary talks about the crypto market, he calls it the 12th sector of the economy and the tokenization of everything is already underway. That, of course, includes transactions. What does it mean to you that we're watching settlement speed not only pick up, but some of our favorite players are playing a pivotal role? 
I mean, it's great, right? It's the use case for the space. Um, you know, it makes me like super excited. Um, and like these guys are just beasts, right? They just continue to build. They, their team continues, like Tony's saying, to meet all around the world and kind of bring their technology to different use cases. Um, and, and it's awesome. Like, and, and, it, and if you're an accredited investor, if you're that lucky, uh, you know, this is the use case on why you should invest in Ripple, right? Like if, if you can through, you know, our partner link to, um, that's what it makes. It makes me super bullish on Ripple, the company, but also, you know, XRP. But um, these guys are going to keep doing that, right? Like, I think there's a story that we're going to go over where they have a new partnership in Sweden and then France, right? They're going to yep. keep building, like, like Brad Garlinghouse has said, he's already acting as if they lost the case, right? They just continue to build partnerships and continue to expand their tech. And they're not really worried about what's happening here in the U.S. with the SEC. And that's a great place to get into our next segment as Swift is going the upgrade of the century in their stating. It all starts in November. This is a Swift CEO talking about how ISO compliance is about to take place. We're going to let the short clip play and get comments from the group. Here we go. We have the work with Swift in the Swift community in the international space. And indeed, it is starting now in November. Swift is fully ready. Uh, we have an, And then we have the work with Swift in the Swift community in the international space. And indeed, it is starting now in uh, November. Boom. It is starting now in November. This clip is from earlier this summer. We've talked about how ISO compliant tokens are going to have full implementation by March 10th of 2025. And that shift is going to start to take place in November of 2022. We always highlight the ISO compliant tokens for our listeners. And I know there's more that could be added to this list. But these are some of our favorites. Stellar, Hedera, IOTA, XTC, Ripple, Algorand, and Quant. Not financial advisors, not financial advice. Just through our research, we've discovered that these currencies could be the most prominent in the new financial system. Tony, I'd love to go to you. We've got the Swift CEO stating the time is now for a blockchain revolution. Is he correct? Is November the start of that, of that switch? Innovate or die, right? Uh, they have to. And for a while, you had folks from Swift coming out poo-pooing blockchain and crypto. There were years they were like, oh, no, we don't, we're not really looking into that. Now, it's, there's a level of urgency. We need to get this done because disruption is happening. Disruption is at their door. And uh, to, with the different coins that you listed there, uh, we see that even the World Economic Forum, the Bank of International Settlements, all these global banking institutions and monetary institutions are all, all on board. We're, we're really going through an economic storm right now, choppy waters. The economy, people don't know which direction it's going to go. And the only solution they have is to keep printing money uh, to, to get it uh, fixed and to keep it afloat, right? But uh, they're calling at the same time in parallel to that, we need this new financial system, Bretton Woods. And and you go watch the videos, it's, it's, you know, it's, they're setting the narrative here. So SWIFT, once again, disruptions at their door, they have to get going or they're going to be uh, become like Blockbuster and just become irrelevant. Blockbuster, Netflix, the list goes on and on. When new technologies come out, the old ones get pushed out the door. And we've got Coach JV in the in the building calling you a legendary human, Tony. And I completely agree, but we're going to Gonzo. Gonzo, we always talk about the shift in our financial system. How unique and how lucky are we that we have the awareness of this taking place? I want to remind all of our listeners, there's 265 of you out there, and you are in an extremely unique situation. Most of the global population has no idea this is taking place. So Gonzo, just some really quick comments, and then we'll get into our next article. Yeah, like we always say, right? First they laugh at it, then they resist it, then they sue it, and then they join it, right? And like Tony was saying, now we're like at that suing, joining stage, and there's a sense of urgency because they got to get ahead of these other companies uh, that are already um, beating them to the punch. And so we're real lucky because we're kind of uh, awake to the technology and we're able to invest in those rails. One of our listeners just asked, did you hear about the JP Morgan and Visa news? We covered it earlier. No, there's not any Ripple XRP connections out there. But we're going to continue to show you some pretty cool news. As we've got Visa copying and pasting their mission statement from the Ripple website. That's, of course, a joke for our listeners out there. But Swift says they're on a mission to make international transactions instant, frictionless, and interoperable. And they've also changed their heading over here to look like a Ripple symbol a little bit. Tony, this is more for fun, but I'd love to get some comments. What do you think about Swift becoming instant, frictionless, and interoperable? Boy, that, that lingo uh, sounds awfully familiar, right? It seems like they pulled it off Ripple's website. <laughs> or Twitter it's copy account. and pasted. <laughs> but, you know, what, what do they say? Um, imitation is the best form of uh, flattery or whatever it may be. <laughs> so uh, it shows they recognize, uh-oh, we're in trouble. We need to get, you know, get the ball rolling on our end. 
we have to adopt a uh, blockchain and, and figure out what we're going to do with moving money faster because we're going to be in a token economy with CBDCs. And uh, you have, for example, Ripple Solution with a neutral bridge asset such as XRP and stable coins as well. So they, they, they're trying to, they, I give them credit, they're trying. They are trying, and Swift is doing the same thing here. But we got 274 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We got Tony Edward in the building, the man who sparked the flame between ADA and XRP. And Tony, of course, I'm kidding. But let's get into our next story as JP Morgan and Swift are partnering for private blockchain transactions. And this is huge because they have over 2 billion accounts already using this system. So payment giant JP Morgan and Visa are teaming up to streamline the use of their private blockchain solutions link and B2B Connect to facilitate cross-border payments. JP Morgan's link network is specifically designed for cross-border transfers and is offered under the bank's blockchain payments initiative, Onyx. Visa's B2B Connect is a similar network built for institutional-grade use, and Onyx currently Onyx touts that Confirm, which is a subset of Onyx, is currently verifying more than 2 billion bank accounts in more than 3,500 financial institutions worldwide. What really caught my attention here is that this year alone, they're going to be rolling out these protocols in 10 countries. And by 2023, you're going to see Visa and JP Morgan using these private blockchains in 30 countries around the world. Doja Bank went on to uh, endorse this technological evolution, stating that an, an alternative to the SWIFT messaging system is necessary for the evolution of the financial system. That is a mouthful to say, Johnny Crypto. It's been a while since we heard from you. What do you think about these private blockchain transactions and an alternative to SWIFT being backed by global banks? Well, you, you see, you see that the uh, you know the champ is trying to go down swinging, right? SWIFT isn't going to just give up their power here. They're they're seated in the prime position, uh, obviously with an old technology. And as Tony rightfully said, innovate or die, and they're trying to do that. The problem is when you try to do that and you wait too late in the game. And there's other technologies out there. Now it's just a matter of do the incumbents, you know, the 11,000 banks that are using the system, do they end up staying with, you know, the old system that's trying to update or do they switch to the new one? They're going to be the deciding factor. So we're going to have to keep an eye on that and see how that, how that plays out. Because if Swift can provide a solution that's good enough, eh, they might stay because right? it's costly to move. Um, and if they don't, then they're probably going to, you know, I think for the banks that don't, if the system isn't good enough, they're going to get left behind. They're going to have to switch to whatever that new system is. And interesting enough here, we'll see what this private system operates at. I'm very, very curious to see, you know, if it's going to be the R3 quarter system, is it going to be settled in XTC or Ripple? I don't think it'll be XRP. I don't know what it's going to be. It might be just a stable coin. Who knows? I guess we'll have to wait and see. So for me, there's, there's no surprise here that there's a blockchain, private blockchain that's going to be used. The question is, What's going to be the, you know, the settlement currency that we see happening? That's that's still what I think is up in the air. If uh, it's JP Morgan, maybe Ethereum based stable coin. Could be. Know, right. Absolutely. I, I was about to say that, you know, they've been JP Morgan's been trying to catch up. They launched JPM coin while uh, Jamie Dimon trashed Bitcoin publicly. <laughs> yeah. Forum, right. Uh, but we saw that those things re didn't really get uh, that far beyond J JP Morgan's walls. So it's another wall garden. And that's going to be a problem for them. Now, they may have partnerships and deals with other financial institutions and banks where they trust each other. But globally, why would, you know, uh, I don't know, some big bank in Japan trust JP Morgan? You know what I mean? It's, it goes back to the wall garden problem. And that's where it's not the trust factor. And if it's a private blockchain and, and, and JP Morgan controls the validators and so forth, why mm. would I trust them? Exactly. Exactly. And Gonzo, I want to come back to you for this quote here. It said the monetary authority of Singapore revealed on Monday that it could look to utilize blockchain tech to provide solutions for current issues, such as speed and cost of transactions. The managing director of the monetary authority of Singapore said that cross-border payments is not fit for the 21st century. It's slow, costly, opaque, and inefficient, relying on an architect network of a corresponding bank's this is something we've highlighted, and Swift has honestly admitted publicly. This system was built in the 1970s. The internet didn't exist, never mind cryptocurrency. Gonzo, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts. Yeah, you know, it's it's a Swift system. It just sends data, right? And then the new system sends data and money, right? That's why it's more efficient. And right. so the question, like Johnny says, is, you know, which blockchain is it going to be? But this tells you everything you need to know about the actual just technology and blockchain, that it's absolutely not going anywhere. 
and that this is what they're going to transition to. We just don't know the rails yet, what that looks like, right? And then that, I think that's why we have kind of our multiple bets on different layer ones and different protocols that do different things. Listen, Johnny, yeah. I'd love to get some quick remarks from you. When they talk about how this system is slow, inefficient, and not equipped for the 21st century, that is everything you need to know. And when you're trying to teach cryptocurrency to maybe a loved one or a family member, someone you really care about, this is one of the easiest solutions that cryptocurrency provides, speeds up transactions, and allows for instant settlement. That's a solution in and of itself. Roto, what's it mean to you? Yeah. When I tell anybody what a SWIFT system is, I just do this. Here. See that? That's a notebook. <laughs> That's what the SWIFT system is. It's a freaking notebook. You just write some notes in the dance. What it used to be is a paper system. It's that simple, right? So we got a notebook, and we're, you know, which is kind of on, you know, on a digital platform now, right? So, you know, don't take me literally, but you get the point. It's an old archaic system, basically just capture note. And now we're going to this, this beautiful high-tech looking. It's like a Ferrari versus a Yugo, right? There's no competition here whatsoever. Except for the fact that there's, you know, 100 million Yugos out there already. And now we got to get them all converted over to Ferraris. And that's really, to me, going to be the only challenge is, you know, what's going to, how long will it take to do that and when will they do it? But it is completely slow and archaic. And uh, I think apps for that reason, it's going to be very, very hard for Swift to win in the long run. But they ain't going to go down with, they're going to go down swinging. That's for sure. And we only have five minutes left. Tony, I know you got a hard stop on this one, but I did want to get some quick thoughts on a CBDC news. One of the things that people have been trying to do is draw a connection between Ripple XRP and the Indian central bank digital currency. That's not what we're doing on this program. We're actually going to dive into the details of some of the niches with the CBDC and what that could mean for cash. We took this quote directly from the international bank or sorry, the Indian central bank. And it said, there will be no need to keep cash once the CBDC is launched. It will work like a mobile wallet. Interest will also be earned on keeping it. The digital currency can be held in a mobile wallet or account. Along with this, its use will also reduce the use of paper currency. A CBDC can be used without the internet. Tony, you only got a couple minutes left here. I'd love to give you the floor. CBDCs are an inevitable thing in our economy, and that's becoming more and more clear. What does it mean to you that they're trying to push CBDCs and remove cash from our economy? You know, it's it's a double-edged sword. In mm -hmm. one way, it is great. It is going to allow us, our economy, to move faster. There's going to be more liquidity. Uh, more folks will be able to get access to financial services and so forth that didn't have it historically, especially in countries that are, uh, you know, they're still developing in a way. Um, uh, many countries across Africa, of course, India, certain parts of India, I should say, where there's still uh, an outdated system there, financial system. People don't have banking access. But the cool thing of folks getting um, smartphones and mobile phones, um, it enables uh, and it opens the door to crypto and to CBDCs and to get financial inclusion. However, my concern has always been, uh, and, and especially here in the United States, will the CBDCs align to any uh, human rights and to constitutional rights? You know, will they respect a right to privacy? Will be, there be a social credit system? If someone doesn't like your speech, if you're saying something about a certain political candidate or president, whatever it is, will you be shut down? And we just saw an example with PayPal, like trying to do something like that. So that's my concern. But once again, I think the, the, the benefits outweigh the, the, the cons. Um, however, we've seen historically governments, you give them some power and then they use that power in the wrong way eventually. But we've seen over also people rise up and overthrow governments. So it's kind of one of those things, it might play out that way. It starts off well, then all of a sudden there's an abuse of it and then people are gonna rebel. It's kind of like a sad situation, right? It's like history repeating itself. But hopefully the governments can get it right. And we played a clip from Joe Rogan yesterday talking about how the government has never been able to get it right, in the, especially in the United States. And sorry, I'm not being controversial here. I'm just stating what he said. He talked about how whether it's the food industry, the medical industry, or the government when it comes to the internet, they've never been able to regulate these things without nefarious activity. They typically set them up in two ways, right? They set them up, one, to benefit the people at the top, and two, make it as easy as possible for them to continue to make income. I'd love to give you a, cl a closing stance here. Do you believe the government is capable of correctly regulating the crypto market? And then we'll close out this episode. I, I think they can get it right um, initially, but what we've seen over time, and I can speak here for the United States at least, is that the system of campaign donations and um, legalized bribery and, and this is, doesn't just apply to crypto, it applies to other industries. If you can pay a politician, you can donate to them to get them to do what you want and to pass regulation in your favor, 
that's not good. You know, and I think we need to change that system. I'm not saying it's bad and it's horrible. I love the United States. I think it's the best country in the world. And and while our political system is not perfect, um, I think there's the blockchain and and campaign donations and those the funds that are raised from people can be there can be more transparency there. So we know who donated to who and what they're going to do. Uh, with that said, I think just as the the United States got the internet right and regulating that, I think we'll get there eventually. The problem is the years to come, right? And who's the big donor that comes in and says, "Hey, change this and do this." And we saw it with the internet with, uh, um, I think it was, uh, boy, I can't remember the, the name of the bill they were trying to pass where they would have these conglomerates control the internet and so forth. And I think it was eventually shot down. But it's always, you know, that that issue of uh, members of Congress being, uh, you know, coerced into doing things with campaign donations. Thank you, Tony. And we know you got a hard stop. So I want to say thank you for joining us today. I want to say thank you to each one of our special guests. We're not going to end the episode. I do have one more clip I want to show to our listeners, but I want to say thank you to Tony. Thank you to Johnny Crypto and thank you to Gonzo. We got 264 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're going to end this episode by showing you exactly what happens when the government tries to regulate these markets. Absolutely. You trust the people that got us into the Iraq war under false pretenses to regulate the internet? Uh, Do you think that makes any sense? Well, wait a minute. I would not. The people who got us into the Iraq war. It's the government. Where's the, where's the politicians? It's the government. In, in the end, yes, it's the government. But who else is going to regulate? But if they're going to so, be in power and they're regulating the internet, they're going to regulate the internet in a way that suits their best interests. No, the but, same way they do with the banking industry, the same way they do with the environment, the same way they do with energy, the same way they do with everything. No, what, but, is, what represents their interests? There's so mu- You're talking about so much money involved in disseminating information and a very particular way right now or the internet companies are rich beyond belief yeah it's fat but it's it's a disruptive thing that has never existed before my i i think it exists and i think w- where we're at is where we're at i think we need to move forward collectively as a country with an ethic that respects truth and that it appreciates opinions and reality. And that's a great place to end the episode, Johnny. When we talk about the SEC regulating the crypto markets, ethics, truth, and reality are what's most important. I want to say thank you to Gonzo. Thank you to Johnny Crypto. We're going to close this thing out the same way we always do. We got 248 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're going to see you guys in 23 hours. And it's like we always say, Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Let's, Let's go. go. Make sure to follow everybody.